Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Brent. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. Because she's got a great ass. And you got your head all the way up it. <laughs> Do the theme song. Don't let yourself get attached to anything you are not willing to walk out on in 30 seconds flat if you feel the heat around the corner. Give me all you got! Give me all you got! She got a great ass! And you got your head all the way up it! Don't waste my motherfucking time! Obviously, if you didn't know from that awesome intro, we're doing Heat 1995. Heist slash cop movie with... Al Pacino and Bobby De Niro and a skinny Val Kilmer and a whole bunch of other <laughs> Tom Sizemore. His complexion wasn't great, but he was skinny. He was, absolutely. Ashley was that Judd. makeup? What was on his face? Did anyone notice that? Sweat and cocaine residue. Pretty just, much. He had something wrong with one of his eyes. Was he supposed to be scarred? Are we talking about Tom Sizemore or No, Val we're Kilmer? talking about Val Kilmer. One of his eyes was all fucking messed up in this. Maybe he got some Bell's palsy while shooting? I don't, I don't know. know. It looked like he was supposed to have been wounded and they like they make they put some makeup on his eye. Oh, he's like a seasoned. Yeah, seasoned like maybe body. got wounded in one of the heists because mm. he's doing heists. Well, this is a uh, a, a <laughs> cops and robbers movie um, directed by Michael Mann, very competently, I believe, uh, where we have a crew of bad guys who pull off some some pretty interesting heists to get some cash, all led by uh, or directed by John Voight. Who really looks interesting in this movie? And then we got on the cop side, we got Al Pacino, uh, who leads his band of merry men to try and uh, determine first who is this crew that's so good, and then once they identify who they are, start chasing them down and put them down, uh, while the bad guys don't have anything to attach themselves to, so they can uh, get away right away. Yeah, Michael Mann wrote this as well. Um, he does that quite a bit with his stuff. I actually got to say, I don't know about his competency as a writer. He seems kind of hit and miss. Well, this one may be more of a hit than a miss, but we'll get there. We'll he get like there. wrote Miami Vice, and that was a giant piece of shit. Oh, so. I was going to say good. Good thing I didn't talk at the same time as you. I was going to say great. Great movie Miami Vice was. Oh, no. I'm lying. Yeah. Sorry. There's no emotion from the leads in that one. Anyway, no, but, he also but there is a good like, action scene at the end. I like that gun. He wrote like the, the insider. He wrote the insider as well. And so, hmm. I mean, that's. I mean, Wasn't he also part writer on Last of the Mohicans? He was producer for sure. They, he just needed to edit the shit out of the insider because it was like fucking like three hours long and it was way too long. But yeah. whatever. I don't know if you just wanted to leave everything in. Yeah. Michael Mann, um, I don't know what exactly his background is, but he has great attention to detail in gunfights and gunplay, which as you guys know out there, I love their guns. I was going to say, this is the movie I think that made you get so deep into this. One of them. Yeah. The I mean, there's this great bank robbery uh, shootout in the street, which is loosely based on an actual one that happened in Los Angeles. I think it happened after f- Heat. Did no. it? Yeah. No, no it I thought not. it was before. Well, there was one that's shootout. happened since yeah. Heat a couple of years ago where the guys had body they armor had body and they had a shootout stuff, in yeah. the street and people were saying it was just like, and it was like two, three years ago. Yeah. What? Yeah. I'll, I'll send oh. you a link to the story. It was pretty Maybe. crazy. It yeah. wasn't long ago. Um, but yeah, there's just, every time someone is handling or using a gun, a weapon in this movie, it's, uh, it's pretty accurate, which is great. 
Like okay, so he establishes a lot of characters in this uh, movie. True that. True because you uh, need two distinct crews to run each half of the movie, and each crew you need to build out their character to make it believable. Yeah, and I feel like he made mistakes by doing that because like a lot of the characters in this movie, um, they're so thin. Like right, like Robert De Niro. You know nothing about him, and he just meets that chick, and then like they just like fall in love like right away. Like there's like Willie. I don't really know anything about De Niro until like he meets that girl already. And it's just like, it's the same with Val Kilmer. Like the very first time you see Val Kilmer at home, him and his wife have like a huge fight, like an abusive fight, like right off the bat. Like that's, that's all I know is that he's an abusive relationship with his wife. Like I know nothing else about his character. But isn't that... Other than that, he did a heist. And then he like, and then he's like, hey, honey. And she's like, fuck you. He's like, fuck you too. And then like runs out the door and I'm like, uh, <laughs> this is terrible character development. Some of the worst character development. I don't know that I agree. I don't know anything about Val Kilmer. fucking three hours long. How much yeah. development do you want to do? They first, don't spend any time on Danny Trejo. They don't spend any time on Michael... Uh, what the fuck is his name? Uh, Sizemore. Sizemore. And they shouldn't have spent any time Tom on... Sizemore. They shouldn't have spent any time on Val Kilmer either. That's what I'm saying is you got to cut that shit out. You, it, should be, it should be the leads. It should be Pacino and De Niro. You put all of the character development time. And then like Trio and... Uh, Kilmer and the and what's his face slick can all just be these background characters you don't need to have some some cliche story about how him and his girlfriend have a kid that stuff's all bad it, and know. it takes away the, from the De Niro story which you could have developed into something better the, than mm. like he's a lonely guy who meets some graphic designer so thin all of the stories are so thin I don't give a shit about anybody really in this movie, yeah, I I, can, I see where you're coming from for sure. Um, There's no because it's got to build. I I didn't mind the slow burn on De Niro's character because, like, the first scene opens up as a heist, and then the crew like they end up whacking those security guards. Awesome opening, by the way. Great opening. Love that opening. Like, mm -hmm. it's just so well thought out and and cool little little toys and. Um, explosives and stuff yeah explosive and stuff and they got the crazy the crazy crew member uh, the new one uh, wayne grove like, i'm wayne grove like when man. he establishes val kilmer picking up the explosives and stuff all that stuff's fine but once again i don't need to know anything about kilmer's home life like and then you see them use the charges and they investigate the charges well, you can pick him up with a license but like i like if you cut out all of the stuff with his wife and uh, like their baby and what that Dominic she's cheating with yeah. uh, Hank is. I don't need. I don't need any of that for the story. <laughs> like, I mean, step down. Yeah. And then <laughs> I also find uh, Al Pacino's story is very similar. It's just like the first time you establish him, he's him and his girlfriend have morning sex. They're banging. Then like every, then they have marital problems. Then she's cheating. And on then them. every scene is they have marital problems. They have marital problems. Well, they have marital problems. Yeah, they have marital the problems. Pressure, right? It's just to show that it develops to his pressure. It develop that is developing his character. It's showing it's that redundant. what he is. It, but it's not really because it's showing there's like pressures gaining and building in his background. You're buying into it. What it's doing is creating an atmosphere. It's showing what she's talking about too. Like and I think very effectively that he is solely driven and and um and like uh, obsessed with his pursuit as a police officer yeah and especially wick with this thing and you can see that this stuff is like a darkness that just twirls and persists in his mind like he talks constantly about like i got three bodies whatever the fuck he said that's what i mean that's but, what i'm saying is constantly so it's like beating you over the head with the exact same point exact same but point. i mean it's exact never exact same point but it's not exact the same, same because point. it because it it changes it doesn't change but it does it it, it um 
it escalates it, it maybe, escalates. but like you don't need to have like a slow escalation. But if you don't, that. you'd be sitting here complaining about the lack of escalation. No, I what disagree. you need is that escalation because we're building to a pinnacle of their relationship where it breaks finally. And well, then and there's then a men's. Well, yeah. but it doesn't because when they're in the hospital there and she says to him, she's like, she's like, is there any chance that we can get through this? And he's like, I, he don't, says, know. I don't know. But he says to her then, he says, I'm not what you're looking for. I know. And, that's, and they have a weird little awkward kiss on the lips. And that's to me is like the understanding that the love is there, but the relationship is not. And now. that's the best scene in the whole movie between him and her because it's not the exact same scene over and over and over again. What I'm saying is, is but that... But that scene means nothing without the previous um, conflict. I'm just saying that you, you don't write it so that every scene is the same. If, if what you're saying is true, and I think you're right, you have to escalate it over time. You have to start it out from a place that's not quite there yet. She builds to it. And then when she finally gets to that point where she, where she sleeps with that guy, she even says, like, you made me demean Actually, myself. Okay, and that's a great scene too. But what I'm saying is you don't need as much of the scenes with him and her to get there you could have really that many though you could have far you could have far less scenes of him and her having the same scene over and over again because you don't see what she's doing when he's not around anyway so i feel like it's more impactful if there's less of it and then he comes home and she fucked that guy because it's not so it's but not then you so just think obvious she's a bitch no no it's no because they have those conversations at the end and stuff and she even says you've made me demean myself with this guy so i could fucking end stuff with you which is one of the best lines i think in the whole movie is her line saying i had to like do something so gross to make uh, to get to, closure to get, get, get rid of you like that's gross and like to me that is like i even love that she said she's on prozac and like weed yeah. And she's like, but at least I'm alive or whatever. Those are good scenes. I'm just saying you what you could have pulled that back and had the exact same. Well, the impact. movie has a lot of fat. Like I'm not saying there's not oh, a lot yeah. of fat to cut. There is like, a lot even of fat. the fucking Natalie Portman shit, I'm not totally it feels like a it's lot of fat. It's only there to build up for the end part. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's a mechanism to bring that to a to a end. It just it there's like I think I agree with Colin, there's so many characters in this movie to do any of them justice. There needed to be some kind of building, but it's it's like it got you're halfway or or i think it, in some cases it was rushed like you have to build how close he and natalie portman are you have to build that her real dad's a piece of shit and that her mom is struggling with that and, and i that felt natalie portman's a little unstable as I well actually, when she can't find her shirt did, or earring or something and see i felt like they did th that stuff well because there wasn't a ton of that stuff but you still get at the end when she's in the tub so like if every if you would have had more scenes with his the daughter saying daddy didn't pick me up again it would have been worse yeah i feel like that landed actually surprisingly <laughs> but like nothing with do you guys feel like the val kilmer stuff was any good with him and his like i, back? I, I didn't hate it i i do hate when when uh de niro comes in to talk to judd about getting back together with her the first time you will give him the chance and she goes i hate it i hate it and just like pops out of nowhere and he's like stop it and he like <laughs> slaps her or whatever and then she's like but that that scene has bugged me since the first time I, I saw yeah, it. I don't understand her character because of everything that happens. Like she's willing to cheat a little bit to get back at him, but then like De Niro threatens her. Like it, it's almost, I don't know why she would stay at the end of that. Like she's so in with the crew, but she's not a member of the crew. Like she, it's understood that like some weird mafioso thing. Like I don't, these guys aren't mafia, right? These are just, this is just a tight crew of robbers who have worked together for years. 
Um, but in order to stay happy, they all have to stay with their significant others. And, and Al Pacino's the overseer of that as the only single That's guy the in the that group. That's me too. That's really weird. And a lot of a lot of her, because her character doesn't make as much sense um, other than she's in it for the kid. Like, is she in it for the money that he brings to the table? Like, why is she with Kilmer? Yeah, she in said the first he doesn't place? make shit for money anyway. And then also... And he's a, a gambleaholic too. It's a so. red herring too, because at the end of the day, it's a red herring because he gets away anyway. So she betray. She doesn't betray him. And I guess he at gets the end, away. So like, really, nothing comes of that relationship negatively for Val Kilmer. Like, he could have just gotten away without even seeing her. Yeah, like they. they well, honestly, the for him is sorry. No, I was just gonna say that the one closure for Kilmer would have been, um, like, it's. I guess it's interesting to see where he goes. But if he had just disappeared. And John Voight was like, no, he went off on his own, man. And then you never see him again. Like, that actually would have been okay. But instead, now you have the whole thing with her and Hank Azaria. She walks out into the balcony and signals him away. Like, so now we have a confirmation that she truly does love him. But I don't give a or, fuck about any of that. Or if he gets killed. Because think about this. If you never saw Ashley Judd, except for maybe in the restaurant scene, and he comes home and he sees him on his floor and he's drunk and stuff, and he talks about the Vegas shit and he fo he phones. You could have a one-sided conversation where he's like, yeah, your husband's here. I'll take care of him. You could have still established the closeness between those two characters and you could have killed Val Kilmer in the shootout, which would have made even more sense why Robert De Niro wanted revenge because he, one of his crew got killed in that yeah. shootout and he wants to go kill Wayne Grove or whatever his name well, is at the airport. One of his airport. crew does get killed, but not through the shootout. I know, Danny but Treo and fucking Tom Sizemore both get... Popped. Yeah, but you could have killed uh, Kilmer too. Popped. <laughs> oh yeah, wait a sec. Actually, you could have killed them all, and he could have been the lone survivor. He could have been. The thing is, though, that's it, actually the, the cool. thing for me that I don't mind about the Val Kilmer, and like maybe you could have just had him disappear or whatever. But the thing about him going to get her again, and then she waves him off, and he leaves. To me, that is Val Kilmer dying because he expresses earlier in the movie how she is his life. Like De Niro talks about, he tells the sun him rises and sets with her. Isn't he, that what he says? That's said? exactly what he says. And so that to him, like I know you guys have both been in love before, it is the worst. So oh, absolutely, I understand what you're saying. Him having to walk away so from that his is wife his, and daughter. That is, is his death. But yeah. it's just all the cliche and it's, stuff. I think it's more poetic actually because it's it's so it's so like obvious and he gets shot and then it's blah. blah who cares? But if this is him losing his heart and so he gets away, but at what expense? Like that to me is a more romantic, a more meaningful end I think, for that character. I think the cliche yeah. bad writing in between though is what makes it so bad because you don't have any time. So it's just like she's cheating on him randomly. And like John said, you don't know how. You just see a scene where Robert De Niro sees her cheating with some guy yeah. and he goes and it screams at her. Like there's nothing and they, they, but established. They tie, they tie that all together too with how the cops end up catching them and... Like, I don't know, do you ever see Ashley Judd and Val Kilmer in love together? Except for that one dinner where, you know, it's at a dinner with and a bunch of people, laughing. they could be laughing, but she could be faking it. So if we had had a bit more time to show how good they were together and then use his gambleaholic or alcoholism or whatever to and drive them apart. And you never see that either. But like, you never see the good. It's just him saying the sun rises and sets and her like, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Shut up. <laughs> you will give him the chance. Like, that's why she's with him. So I don't know. It's just, and he's like, I'll crumbled. set you up. That crumb, yeah, I'll set you up myself and my wood is my but, but, bond. But Yo, this is when it, it goes back it like to that, too though. many characters. So the black, <laughs> the black chef, uh, the the grill guy. Well, let me tell you, he is not a chef. I'm sorry, no. the grill guy. He's grill a garbage man. man. <laughs> okay, so, no, I'm talking about the. Are we talking about the same guy? No, the guy works at the, the getaway diner? driver at the end. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so why? Yeah, well, do, he's not. No chefs work at a diner. I know. So. Sorry, sorry. Whatever. The <laughs> diner never. guy. Why is he? Why do we know anything about his fucking background? They could have yeah. just once again had they saw him in the kitchen. He's like, I know that guy. 
they don't need that we did not need to have the scenes that he was trying to get his shit straight and, and his, his wife woman and stuff believed all, in him. and all that's like would have been nice in a different movie and but he like, comes in he's not even introduced till 45 minutes in at least waste so, of time that's, yeah, that's fat that's a bit of that's a bit Huge of waste of fat. time you could have cut that and 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 then we went in the val kilmer stuff to make that make more sense yeah yeah the, the way thing, too many characters the thing to me that like this character has some moments where the character development is so on point yeah the beginning uh scene right where they where they rob that um that bank truck whatever right yeah. so there is um the tom sizemore right yeah. wayne grow gets in he's talking right away tom sizemore you see his character because he's he's like a professional he's like no more talking okay slick right just puts his hand up dismisses him yeah and wayne grow a guy that you know is a hardened fucking criminal yeah is sitting there and dead eyeing him as he's driving yeah and then Tom I, Sizemore gets yeah. to the light. Wayne Grow looks away, and then Tom Sizemore gives him like yeah, the I love total that. dead eyes. I love that. He's like this guy. Okay, fucking, see, yeah, and that's, that's another thing. example. But, but hold on, that scene right there shows like he is no joke. He's a fucking hardened criminal. You don't need any more for him. You can run him for the rest of the movie because you know now that that guy's a no joke. And then later you talk about him being ingrained into the the family or whatever yeah. you want to call it of this core group, and these guys are fucking tight, right? Yeah. Boom, you know Tom Sizemore. Val Kilmer, you get a little shot of him sitting in the car waiting for the uh, for the rest of that shit to go down. You can see he's uneasy, he's a little anxious, but then when he grabs that explosive and he sets it up into the thing and he like shape charges that door off, you can see that he's a pro, but he's you know, you can see he's a little bit softer. Also awesome, right? Bam, you get a lot of good development right out of those two guys. And you don't need all that other stuff. You didn't want to pursue that marriage aspect with Val Kilmer. I mean, you don't really need that to make this movie. No. Yeah. And uh, also, I feel like those two characters, the the like, and what you just said about Tom Sizemore, I actually like Tom Sizemore's character better than Val Kilmer's character. Oh, I do too. I think he's more dynamic. Because yeah. it's not, he's not cliche. He's not a fucking filled with those cliche scenes. You just, no, he's a cool fucking professional and he's a bit of a dick. And he's I, hardcore. Yeah, he's I, been in prison a few times. And then oh, yeah. um, uh, I actually spent time trying to do those dead eyes that he did in that scene because it's when I saw it, I was like, "That's so badass!" And I was like, "Could I fucking dead eye?" And I can. And, and then fat again, Wayne Grove being a serial killer. Cut that shit out. Yeah, you don't need to know anything about Wayne Grove being a serial killer. What the fuck do we need? He, You're we already visiting with the Grim Reaper. Why? Yeah. We hate Who him. Yeah. We and ha then you we could hate cut... him from the beginning. We don't need to I hate know. him more by making him now a fucking serial killer. And it's it's Pacino who's actually been on the side investigating that because he c comes across that murder Nothing with the crying mother. Yeah, like that shit was all... That takes me way out of the movie. Like, we talked speed bumps in the past. I hate that scene whenever I'm watching this movie. Is like, oh, fuck, just get it over with. And the mother's crying and he pulls her in and hugs her. And the I'm way like, he pulls him in and keeps shit. hugging her is yeah. such bad acting. And the camera's encircling them and he... He seems very awkward in that scene, and maybe he's supposed to be awkward, but isn't he supposed to be good at dealing with this type of thing? Yeah. He seemed completely out of his element. Same as the others head I think, I think he's heading towards like a like a break, like a nervous breakdown, because you see him talk to his wife like about that kind of thing, right? And I think that's why he put that in there was to like give some some weight to it that does, statement. Yeah. But, but it, it is unnecessary because it, when yeah. I watched that, I was like I was like, did I fucking look away or something? I was like, what is like what just happened? Who died, right? thinking that I'd missed something about a character, but it's just a random police scene that he's involved in. Yeah, like, well, that's, supposed right to be, that's supposed to be Wayne Grove, the girl Wayne Grove just killed. It is, yeah. And but what I'm saying is that... Oh, I fucking you, missed it. Exactly. Yeah. I knew that there was something. And, but if you get rid of the Wayne Grove scenes where he's a fucking serial killer, that scene would still land. 
edited yeah. because it's showing that he's going to a scene of a murder and it fucks him up emotionally well, and he can't that, talk about it with his wife. After that scene, yeah, he goes back to the wife and he's like, I'm sorry that fucking chicken got cold. That that whole scene happens. Oh, and, yeah, and it yeah. just it that puts more of the tension on their relationship. But I don't even know you wouldn't have even needed that murder that murder scene, that crime scene, because ultimately that wouldn't have added anything, and you wouldn't have needed Wayne Grove's whole um, serial killer plot because Pacino could just come home after a long day and look dragged, and she could be like, "Where have you been?" He could just say, "I'm sorry, the chicken cold." Some girl got her face bashed in. Yeah, you don't need that to see scene it. is fine. Then you keep Pacino's home life thing going. Oh uh, yeah, it you just add movie. Just could have needed a big edit scrub. Yeah, there's just I, so I, now I'm starting to see more of where Collins coming from with with some of the unnecessary character development, but he was really trying to play off create like usually you see that either the cops as the humans or the bad guys as the anti-hero humans but he's trying to develop both sides of it although very few of the other cop people get developed as characters because he goes around with uh, mogwai from um uh the uh the native the <laughs> yeah. native police guy who played yeah, uh, yeah. mogwai in um in last of the mohicans um well, and then the other black cop um and really, that's it from the cops. Oh, and um, <laughs> uh, Buffalo Bill is one of the cops in this as oh, well. Oh, that's right. They oh, want the mustache. What, is she a great big fat person? He, would, you, <laughs> would you fuck me? Yeah. He, he gets, gets shot. He gets shot in the neck, yeah. Yeah, he gets shot in the firefight. Um, but but what I, I guess what I'm also trying to get at, too, is that I feel like even the Robert De Niro character did seem not realistic. Because I, he was this tight-lipped, really, really... He only spoke when when it was necessary but as soon as he met that woman he this, some of the things he said to her right away and stuff seemed uncharacteristic of the type of person that he was but i think it was just make her fall in love with him but no like, but I that think, wasn't him I think, I think that is i think that is him too i think he's just such a consummate professional he has no time for any bullshit in his life which includes a relationship but once he saw how vulnerable this woman was and she's like you know, uh, you don't have to talk to me. That's okay. And he just kind of like, all right. So he does talk to her. and I don't mind that scene. And then, but then I think it it comes out. And like, he does want to get away from it. And he does maybe want to settle and get away from the dangerous life. Whether or not he'd actually be able to do that, he'd probably always have the, I just the feel bug. Like, I feel like there's some bad writing in some of the other scenes. I actually like the scene where he meets her. Yeah. But I feel like them sleeping together right away, I wouldn't have gone down that road. I would have slow rolled that for sure. But you would have had yeah, more time if you would have cut some of the other all shit. the other shit yeah. out. You would have had more time to develop their relationship. So then when he asked her to go with him, it seems more yeah, plausible. It's so weird for her too, because he basically yeah. kidnaps her and she tries to run away and he catches her and then he's like after a couple of like it's a your day choice. he's like you can leave and he gives <laughs> it up he makes it up to her and then she does go with him. Like I don't know what she's thinking. Even though by that point then she knows he's a murderer. Like it was in that big shootout and now she knows and she still decides to go with them. So I don't know her characters like because uh, I, I, I she it's really an interesting dynamic between her being so vulnerable and hasn't really met anybody and I don't really like it out here and I'm just trying to you know it's very entrepreneurial so works no in friends. a bookshop no friends have friends so I can see why like that would appeal to him because you know he he's kind of got that loner bit as well so when he sees someone that vulnerable he goes for it and then it, it I don't know there's just something different or more that could have been done rather than him kidnapping her and then her deciding to go with him because uh, then he ends up betraying her at the end anyway <laughs> and she just looks at him running I mean, away out of the car that's like she, the, also yeah. the thing he sets up he he mentions it like Twice. two times yeah. where he's like you gotta go 30 seconds yeah nothing nothing you can have that you can't walk away from or something 30 seconds yeah. so I I don't know like yeah. I just feel like there's some really there's just some bad writing and there's like a lot of fat 
Well, Michael Mann's not known for being a great writer. Like, I no. think this movie was something that people were like, holy fuck, when he did it. Because they were like, this is actually, you know, pretty decent. What's the one he does with Cruz and Fox? James oh, Fox? Collateral. I feel like he did a better job of what he was trying to do in Collateral mm-hmm. than this. If, it's been if, a while I mean, since I've seen you'd it. have to watch it again, but I feel like that's a hybrid of this because he he focuses on Jamie Foxx's just character. Just two characters. And the female lawyer. You don't know much about Tom Cruise. Everything yeah. you learn about Tom Cruise, you learn through him. Yeah, they have the sidebar with the cops, but they only develop those cops as much as they need to. Yeah, yeah, um, they're just cops, and they you go to them sometimes when they're figuring it out and putting yeah. it together, but but yeah. they weren't. They didn't have wives, and they didn't, you know, all they didn't have kids and personal lives. They were just cops and FBI agents, or I don't know. I like. I think this movie could have been like like a, a amazing movie if there had been more detailing around like Al Pacino and De Niro. Because that yeah. is like those are like you said those are the they're two the main two. characters, they're they're the light and the dark. They're the opposite, the yin the yang, right? Of um, of that world, he right? Should have focused on like that, the yeah. one guy's like yeah. an uber focused police guy, the other guy's an uber, uber focused, focused criminal. Criminal. Yeah. Neither of them are sloppy. They are both top of the game. Two sides of the coin, like they so, say. And what I love, like one of my favorite scenes, is when they when Pacino pulls up in the car behind him. He's like, "Let me buy you a cup of coffee," and they go. Like yeah. that scene between them is is like you can see how they'd be like. I think they even say it. They'd have like a they'd be friends in, in under different circumstances. Watching that respect. scene again, though, mm-hmm. I feel like De Niro. Um, was a little maybe too candid. I don't know if he would have said some of the things like here he says he takes down scores and stuff. He was, I don't I like, know. I like that he does because he knows how, he how knows, safe yeah. he is. Like, there's why why lie about it? I, Pacino I, asks him out because Pacino knows what the score is. De Niro accepts because he does too. Yeah, yeah. you're right. I'm At not that saying point, it was they a both bad, know what's up. They I'm know not, they're onto each I'm other. I'm not saying yeah, it was yeah. a bad scene. I'm just know. trying to more think about legality of it. Like, can he say to a police officer well, that he's going to take down scores and him not arrest him for like? saying that he's going to commit a crime i don't no, know see the thing is well, sorry the thing is is that de niro would i think de niro had an idea that they were onto him when they broke into that room um i still am not quite clear on what they were doing they were they were uh, hacking into a computer system or something they're cutting through a vault they're cutting getting through diamonds a vault. yeah they're gonna get those i don't know diamonds. where where the police end up um watching them in the dark and then that one cop leans up against the wall and and de niro they knows they're there so De Niro at that point would kind of know they were onto him. And just like Pacino says, what are we going to grab him for? A misdemeanor B&E or something like that. So, so I don't think he's worried about those little things. Plus, in the very next scene after De Niro leaves that diner, they, they all disappear. So he knew that was going to happen too. It's not like Pacino was going to call in all the cops and be like, he said he takes scores, we're getting him. I know, but Arrest I mean, him. he so, was just like, don't commit crimes. And he's well, like, well, that's what I do. I commit crimes. Yeah. And doesn't he's he, like, oh. <laughs> doesn't he set them up before that happens? Isn't Doesn't he set them up where he sends the cops to that remote thing? And then Pacino's looking around yes. and he goes, he goes, oh, I know what we're looking at. He's oh, like, yeah. they're looking at us. Yeah, and they know. Yeah. So that is before the dinner yes. scene, yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. so they know yeah. what's up. Both yeah, know what's there's up. there's absolute clarity. No, I'm not saying... And like John said, I'm De Niro knows that he's not getting nabbed there because if, if he says, I'm going to do these scores, and Pacino nabs him, best case scenario, De Niro goes to fucking prison, maybe. Yeah. Probably not. He'd have to cop to a specific crime for that. No, you guys are right. Yeah. I just, I, I, once again, I, I feel like it was well established and all set up for them to have that conversation. Yeah. I just felt like, I guess he was, he knew he was talking to a police officer and he was like pretty honest about yeah. what he did for a living. Yeah. Like, I mean, usually you'd want to stay under the radar, but he was just like, I'm a criminal. I'm a career criminal. This is what I do. And you're yeah. going to chase me and I'm going to try and get away from you. 
And I was just like, it's a cool conversation, but I don't know if a career criminal yeah, would no, have it. I don't think I'm not yeah. saying it's I, I think he I th would because of the level, right? Because he's not talking to a plainclothes. Yeah, you're right. He's not. The, yeah. On, do you know what I mean? Beach, that guy yeah. would be like, what'd you say? Like, oh, well, let's get the cuffs. Take you down. Yeah. Pacino is like the consummate expert. He's yeah. like a genius policeman, just like De Niro is supposed to be a genius criminal. Oh, let's we got to talk about Pacino quickly and his yeah. performance in this movie. I find oh my God. I used to think his performance was good, but now I think his performance is real shitty. Like he's phoning it in a bit. Well, no, so I feel like top. he it's just he thought he had done the screaming thing in other movies and stuff. But like I felt like maybe it had been motivated it within the scene. But this character, I thought he uh, he thought he could do the screaming and it would he would win an Oscar or something. Give me all your god! Give me all your god! He, he thought he would just go a little crazy. <laughs> it's so over the top. Yeah. And just because of the like, I guess I don't want to say it fits his character because he'd have to have his home life, he'd have to have his professional life, and then he'd have to have the persona that he puts on to his snitches. Yeah, yeah. I just um, I know just he's, so all that's over what the he was place. trying to do. And like he's three different people with all. He's like, um, except you get for kill walking your doggy. Like that kind of <laughs> shit. Oh my Except god, it's so that. over the top. One of my favorite scenes, admittedly, and and once again, this is why I feel like those scenes work. My, well, my two favorite scenes, um, for different reasons, would be obviously the gun, the gun scene in the streets. Yeah. But but scenes with dialogue, I'd say my two favorites were the hospital scene because I felt like that was a great scene, and it's I a great just scene. I yeah. wish it would have led up to the the lead up to it would have been better, mm -hmm. or not as not as heavy handed or like over the head. And the scene where he comes home and she cheated on him with that guy, oh, and yeah. that guy keeps trying to get up and he keeps telling him to sit down. Yeah, and uh, he takes he, his like TV. he's really mean about him sitting down. Like that yeah. guy's not going anywhere, and I like it because I know what Pacino's doing in that scene. Because Pacino knows she doesn't really want him there, that guy. And mm. if that guy leaves, then she, she wins, she'll feel of, better yeah. that that guy's gone. She doesn't really want him there. She was keeping him there, making him breakfast so Pacino would see him. Yeah. And yeah. she wants him gone now, too. And Pacino's like, eh, you're fucking stuck with him now. So I love that. And then when he freaks out about his TV. Aren't you even mad? Oh, I'm mad. <laughs> you can fuck my wife. <laughs> you can but you sit can. around in her ex-husband's postmodern bullshit, <laughs> but you cannot watch my fucking TV. <laughs> I fucking love it. Oh my I god! Know, and then he kicks it out on the street. There's like yeah. a bunch of homeless dudes could sell that. Like a little charity is not tainted. A, I think. I, well, <laughs> no, tainted. because that was his only. I also like that the TV thing. That's good writing. See, like there's so much good and bad writing in this. The TV is really is really the only thing in that home that he owns. And actually, he brang the TV in his clothes because yeah. his wife had all the other shit like there. So he and he doesn't give a shit about material objects, Early like than couches that. or you beds can tell or looking duvets. at the TV. They live in like a fucking three million dollar oh, yeah. house, and yeah. that TV is like piece of shit, a big piece of shit. Yeah, and he just like watches it. It's probably where he hides out to come home when she's sleeping, and he like has his little TV and he yeah. watches sports or something. But uh, yeah. so I like when he kicks it out because that's once again non-dialogue symbolism of a character doing something. So you're establishing something through their actions. Yeah, and I, I like just before that scene when he gets home and she's all getting ready to go out and he's like, where are you going? Or where are we going? And he's like, all right, where are you going? And she's like, out. And then he's like, goes downstairs and then he's like looking to maybe start doing the dishes and he just looks at it all and he f says, fuck it. And that's when he goes out to start chasing down uh, De Niro and they have that conversation. So oh, yeah. She was getting ready to go out and fuck that guy. 
Mr. Rando. Okay, so see, that's a great scene. That scene is much better than the scenes where they talk for five minutes about yeah. about like how you're never around. He's like, well, I got to do this thing. Those scenes are much worse than that scene where he comes home and she just fucking dodges him and leaves. Yeah. You need one of those scenes where they have that conversation. One, and then the other scenes can have those silent like the distance stuff like yeah. and then it would have all come together that's, i just got bored true. i like that scene too because that scene to me like gives a little of an, a more example of his um astuteness right yeah as a detective because he's like he's like where are we going and he's like okay where are you going yeah. like he just gets to that point so quick whereas like most guys would be like where are you going like Let's where are we going like what's going this. on do you know yeah. what i mean but he like right away knows he what knows the what the is. problem with their relationship i would have kept the chicken scene i would have kept the chicken scene too i would have got rid of the one where they went out with their friends and then they had that long five minute conversation yeah where, like that one could have been cut yeah. for sure <clears throat> you know which one i'm talking about where they're at mm-hmm. the restaurant and she didn't go home and she stayed and everyone left and he came back for her yeah. you didn't need that one i mean you got to take some some of that shit out yeah, no. I feel like his could have been saved. His story could have been saved in editing, but you would have really need to have done some rewriting with De Niro's. I think just a bit on how it ends up with those two. I like I like how they get into that relationship, De Niro and, and the bookstore. The girl. meat scene's good, um, yeah. and that he has a nice place to because like otherwise De Niro would have just been this deadpan serious character. So it's nice to see him like get to do some emotion. Uh, with a couple of smiles that he has with her, and then they when they're like going to be intimate or whatever, and then he leaves her the little um, oh, he the leaves her a glass of water. of water with a little napkin tied up great around. Scene. That's, that's just I've, like so subtle, great. but like it gives you great insight to his character. That that's how he's saying he actually cares for her. No words are necessary. Like that he would take the time to put that napkin and in I the love, glass. And love I love that, that love scene. It. And if I would have read that script, I would have. Those are the moments I would have left in, and I would have I would have slow rolled them sleeping together. I would have had him romance her a little bit, take her out to a dinner, and then it happened. Yeah, I it just happened wanted. so quick. Do that glass thing since '95. I have planned. <laughs> I have planned on doing the little glass napkin thing since '95 when leaving someone's like room like nice. early. It's a class act move. Class move. No, always it always falls off and, and then the uh, water spills and it's like oh yeah, shit. And they wake up and they're like oh that ruined but, it. Bye. But, but, if, but if you would have gotten rid of if you would have gotten rid of the serial killer bad guy and you yeah. would have got rid of the Val Kilmer shit, you could have had a great uh, lead up scene to them having sex where. He takes her out to a dinner, like a really fancy restaurant, and tries to be that guy. Mm-hmm. And then he realizes she doesn't really need him to be that guy. And then they sleep together. Instead, it was just like they meet, they sleep together. No, but that would be that's just that's a bad scene for them. That's not him. No, that's not him. That trying too hard and then realizing that he can dial it back. No, I'm just saying he like, is he needed... the subtle mystery that she needs. Like that he is that because she's like a book. She's like a creative. She's like got this idea of the guy she needs and and he actually is that he's like a little bit mysterious there's a little bit of danger there that intrigues her it's like it's picking up that excitement that's and, missing and from i'm not her disagreeing life. with that I'm that just romance saying, to me is perfect i'm just saying i'm just not saying perfect but it's good i'm just saying i, I would have slowed i would have I would have made that a little, I would have drawn that out a little bit and established it much better. I feel, but you're one for big, long drawn it's out just scenes. Too, it's just too <laughs> quick. It's just too quick for that. He's a main character. He, Him and Pacino are the main characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You needed to really focus on, a, like, and even his home and where he lives and how beautiful it is and his style and taste like when he, Val Kilmer wakes up on the floor. You know so much about De Niro's character. Gotta get some furniture. By those details. Get around to it. Yeah, I mean, all of that stuff is much better character He's like ready to run. He's ready to run. So I like how yeah. she, she, they could have built her that she was going to be his grounding and really tempted him into settling a little bit more. But 
I, I, I like the romance and, and how it gets them Oh together, my God, right? that would have been a great scene where, she, where he didn't have any furniture and then he invites her over to his house to have a drink and then he has a couch and then they sit on the couch. Oh, there you go. Once again, like those types of little details, like... I like Colin's face when he like thinks something like yeah. that and he's like, That's he's like, better. I did it again. <laughs> I fucking did it again. What's this, Michael, man? Next time you write a fucking script, let me see it first. I'll, uh... So maybe like half... I'll start in that motherfucker. Maybe half an hour of other shit could have been cut and then maybe take five to ten minutes of that back and a little bit of extra development with with Pacino I think in particular or sorry with De Niro in particular in that relationship because because he ends up being the one to uh, to get killed at the end um, maybe he could have just pulled on the heartstrings of characters a bit more and, and got you more into where he's coming from but he's still a bad guy um, yeah yeah I, I probably would have liked that because um, he like he's not the first to like start rocking and rolling like in the car when he knows it's he like waits till the last minute before he starts opening up on the cops after the heist he's like looking around he's like sizing up he's like fuck and then but then the gun comes up and he doesn't hesitate and he starts to rock and roll Um, and i and i do love the action in this movie and i do love that whole heist element i mean what guy doesn't i mean we're guys and like there's a fantasy speak for yourself there's i've heard (laughs) stand-up comedians and other people being a guy (laughs) talk about i've heard stand-up comedians and other people talk about like how there's this that that it's the fantasy element of this movie and like busting out of a bank with a machine gun and running down the street and the cops are chasing you jump in the getaway car but this movie does it the best, yeah. like like better than any other movie well, to like get your blood rushed. Pacino sets that up earlier when he goes, these guys will rock and roll at the drop of a hat. Yeah. And then Val Kilmer's out there. He's just about to get in the car. He's got that big smile. Doesn't that truck hesitate. moves. He yeah. sees the cops. It is no hesitation. He yeah. has the gun up and he's rifling off shots. I do. Yeah. That is awesome. His handling yeah. of the M4s that they're shooting too when they get caught in the middle of the street and he's like shooting in one direction then he spins around and empties yeah. his mag then he's like down in his back behind cover get us, gets a new mag in like it's his so precise in that scene. Um, I think Michael Mann like really pushes the the actors to like practice that stuff and and seem realistic when they're doing it. Yeah, uh, I agree. It, it just didn't look. There was no bumbling. There was no weird cuts either. Like he is just rocking and rolling. It's mm-hmm. so good. Um, I would have loved love to. That. I would like. I mean, if there's any movie that I'd love to go back and just even you could you can edit this movie. Just edit it down to like two hours. You could easily edit this thing. I don't understand I think, the Danny Trejo shit though. What do you mean? <laughs> Who fu- like Wayne I know that Grove. Wayne Grove fucking yeah. beats him up at the end, but like how does that fucking tie it in? It was Wayne he, Grove and the other guys. But like he so he talks to the cops and fucking gives them a heads up and then Wayne Grove comes to fucking take care of him? No, see that's why this movie's confusing. What yeah. happened was is Wayne Grove and that guy that they ripped off the, yeah, the came, Bonds guy came to that Dan, Danny Trejo's house and they like beat up him and his girlfriend and made him talk and then they, they gave the, those guys called the police yeah. and gave up. Yeah. I know, but it's very confusing. I know it's not. It's it's a very. I understand why you're confused. I was too. That that side story is is an interesting one where they try and sell the guy back his bonds and he can collect the insurance and and you know pay ten cents in the dollar or whatever and they make a lot more money. Um, That's an interesting side story. I don't think that whole thing needed to be cut, uh, especially because that scene that that. scene at the old drive-in is also fucking awesome. 
Except for why did fucking De Niro start driving towards him like an asshole through all the fucking ripples and shooting a pistol through the windshield? Like, yeah. like he could have just hidden behind the car and yeah. then picked him off with a fucking pistol from no, there. No, just let him, let um, Val Kilmer, who has the, like the rifle, well, do or it. Or that. Just sit back and be like, because right, that was dangerous. The guy was like blasting his, yeah. his little uh, Mac You guys tenor. make a good point, though. I would have actually cut out that whole side story and you would never have even noticed because you don't need it. They, the cops could have found that's out. That's what I was going to say, yeah. You, a tipster could have. The cops could have found well, that's the thing. Wingro could have went away. That thing could have went away because who fucking cares? But there is an awesome part where where uh, De Niro calls him back up, and he says, "Forget the money." And the guy's like, "What?" And yeah. He's like, "Forget the money." He's like, "Why?" And he's like, "Because there's a dead man on the other end of this fucking." Yeah, I know, yeah. but you gotta let that go. No, I know, but I just mean that's awesome. Like, yeah, great. So that's a great. That's a great scene. The thing that bugs me though is the end. Well, Sorry if I cut you off. No, well, no. The, I mean, the end where De Niro turns off the highway and then goes, like, that's uncharacteristic <sighs> for me See, that he has to have that revenge at I the end. I was just going to say, I was so, like, he's driving, he's just talked to John Voigt. John Voigt says, you're free and clear, you can go. Yeah. And then it sh there's, like, a minute where, where De Niro's driving and she's like, what's going on? And he's like, nothing, we're good. And then he's, like, he's driving, he's driving, and he's, like, kind of look around, and then he gets this really creepy smile on his face. And he's like, <laughs> and he just, he can't let it go. Be and so it's because, um, I, uh, anyway, because I think anyway, because um, he ki they killed Danny Trejo and he had fucked them over so bad from before and gotten them into trouble. And then this killing his friend was like the last run. He just couldn't let it that go. That also, that also would have, I feel like when I was saying that earlier, would have been strengthened if Val Kilmer and Danny Trejo and the other guy were dead and yeah. it was all that guy's fault. Well, but I mean, you got, you got uh, Val Kilmer maybe dying like chris is maybe dying yeah and then danny trejo is dead and sizemore is dead so yeah and that but that, killed by uh, different people that, that uh the the diner chef the guy that uh, was driving he's dead too and yeah. that's a guy that was that was a friend he wasn't part of the inside group but he was close enough yeah. right yeah. yeah and once so, again if you didn't have his I mean, you got, backstory you got three and two-thirds of your friends died yeah, I can see the but some by the three by the cops like Val Kilmer, Tom Sizemore and the driver were all wanged by the cops and then only Danny Trejo was killed by Wayne Grow. Um, no, but it's his fault for ratting them out. It's his fault for ratting them out. Yeah, but I mean so, the order of that confuses me because Danny Trejo must rat them out before he's beat because he calls and says I can't make it. So it's already been done and he's fine. Yeah, so could, why they, the fuck did they beat him up and leave him for dead later? No, like, was that the same? The order to me is weird. No, it is. And once again, it's it's it's. You're right. It's bad. And are, were they the ones tailing Trejo? And he's like, I can't make it. I'm, I have it's a tail. Never but it's like the. But it could be the cops. But it could be the bad guys. And if then the cops, yeah, I didn't know. And if the cops were following Danny Trejo and he couldn't leave them, wouldn't the cops have seen those guys go into his house yeah. and attack him yeah. and his girlfriend? And yeah, wouldn't they have exactly. Jumped, jumped them. And so maybe he thought it was cops. Like they could have maybe had something to establish. Like even. I don't know. There, there, there could have been a small little scene from inside a car looking at Danny Trejo on a phone, on that phone while he was making the call. Yeah, but that know, even seems cheesy. It's so. so funny. He underwrites some stuff and then overwrites other yeah, shit. I so it's like all over the place. He fucking underwrites Henry Rollins because Henry Rollins is a <laughs> motherfucker and you can use that guy for all sorts of awesome No, rage. that's true. Yeah. Like that's a missed opportunity. You have Henry Rollins in your film and you don't use him as a fucking, as a, as a catalyst. No, he's an assistant. Of... He's an assistant. <laughs> <laughs> just, just bullshit, you know. Yeah. Like he's, I love Henry Rollins, so I hate to see him um, not be used, used to his properly. Full. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so I don't know. Like th this movie um, uh, always holds a special place in my heart. Um, right around '95 when it came out, um, I was just like probably in my what my teens. So this movie was like the coolest shit I had ever seen uh, at the time. 
That's great. So is that why mm. you're saying it? Are you saying it holds up? Um, are you calling it? I don't know. Are we ready to call it? Because I mean, we could do another fucking two and a half hours and make this a full. There's Michael so much Mann going episode, on in this movie. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, uh, it it's hard to technically pull it together. Like, oh man, there's there are mistakes made in this movie. There are mistakes made for sure. It it's too long, far too long. Um, but even still, when I watch it, it it doesn't. It doesn't uh, kill me with how long it is because the scenes in between the particular happenings, the action and the heists, and you do get kind of emotionally attached to some of the characters. So I'm going to borderline say that heat does hold up. Those scenes, the heist scenes and, and the shootout scenes are, and like some of the stuff between Pacino and De Niro is just so good. You can't borderline a pass. Yeah, you can't borderline it. And, and it, it I, passes. It holds up. I, and, I would holds disagree, up. And, and I would disagree for the same reason why me and you both said that Love Actually doesn't hold up is you can, I look forward to a bunch of scenes in Love Actually, but is it a good movie? No. Mm. It is not a fucking good movie mm. because there's way too much wrong with the writing. So if I could just watch a compilation of those scenes, I'd fucking skip the rest of this. So absolutely does not hold up. Check Pornhub. I would just watch. <laughs> I would just. I could YouTube the gunfight scene. That's true. And then I would never have to watch this movie again. I could YouTube a couple of scenes. But this is like maybe the, also the last good movie that Pacino and De Niro were in together. So there's more like heartstring thing poking at me. Like if I but th- that if doesn't I, hold if, up. Though. If I were to review that on its on a technical merit, then I probably would say it doesn't hold up. But that's not what our podcast is about. This is me watching it, and do I get that fuzzy feeling a little bit at the end? I think it's more of a fuzzy feeling than not. So I stand and, by it. And for, for me, me it it's holds gotta up. be black or yeah. white. It's like either totally. good or it's not, and it's not good. It's not good. It probably wasn't a great piece of writing even for 95. Yeah. And uh, you can't have a good, you can't have a good movie without a good script. And it's just a bad script. It's a good story, but not a good script. But That's you, what but, I think. But you can't have a good movie without a good screenplay. Mm. So uh, 100%, that always factors in for me. And it's just totally. not there. I... I still enjoy lots of things in this movie, but yep. it doesn't hold up. All right. Break the tie. Well, hmm. yeah, let me tell you Brent. what. <laughs> this movie also held a very special uh, a spot in my heart. Mm. Be- and just because it was fucking an epic. Like, this was one of the first movies for me that I watched that was like, like I was like three-hour intense action. Like, all the things that I wanted to. I wanted to be Pacino at sometimes. Sometimes I want to be De Niro. Do you know what I mean? A lot of times I want to be Sizemore. Um, and Ashley Judd, too. Oh, fuck, I'd be Ashley Judd right now. <laughs> um, but, oh, fuck, where was I going with it? I So I love this movie, actually. Like, I love watching it. I think that it does hold up. What I would have liked to see, though, um, something that I know you can't put in the film because it would make it shitty, but I do want to see a little resolution on. I just want to see, like, a little Animal House type of fucking character cinching up, like a little text at the end that says, by the way, Natalie Portman's dad got ass cancer and died super painfully <laughs> later in life because it drives me fucking nuts that that poor girl, all she does is suffer through the whole fucking movie. Yeah. And then she's used as a catalyst for their fucking, um, for their relationship. <laughs> I actually can't uh, believe kind of, you guys as nostalgic you are, as you are for this movie. And like John is a huge nostalgic Star Wars fan would say stars didn't hold up and fucking heat does. That makes no sense to me. Yeah. I'd rather watch heat than fucking I would Star rather Wars. watch, I would rather watch Star, heat Wars than Star Wars too. Wars, yeah. But I doesn't hold up. <laughs> yeah. It does, and I'm a it's, huge there, star. There are guy. some parts of it that are gone. That that are like there's fat. There's things that we can cut. There's things that we can change, and we can nitpick a bunch of stuff. But overall, this is a good movie. It's got a lot. We buy into it. We buy into the characters. 
the fat isn't enough to make it a bad movie, right? I would say like we 30% is good There's and 70% is bad. I mean, we see clearly... Um, what percentage we, would you say is good? I, what percentage would I say is good? I guarantee it's not I 50. Would say, uh, I would say high 70s no. or 80% good. I'd say 30. I'm like 51, 49 for good. Bad. Oh, 30 for sure. No. I, I mean, maybe 40. Hey, this 40 is my hold-up yeah. segment. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I would say... I, I, say, I say it holds up. I would say right. the music at the end is very good. The music I, at the beginning and the music yeah, at the end. It kind of bookends with the yeah. same feel. So the music is good. So that's another... Like, once again, I'm not a hater of this movie. And the directing is I'm good. I'm not a hater. The, oh. so I think the story the story is there. It just needed to be uh, fine-tuned. It could have, like, done another round of edits and then definitely been, like, at longest, this movie's two and a half hours. But... Get it closer to two, and definitely could have been done. I just could have, I could have added this too many, two definitely guys, too many characters. Would, you guys would have fucking loved it. Shit your pants. Yeah. Let me tell you what really sucks is that somehow they ran into the fucking um, airport uh, runways. How the fuck did they get yeah. in there? That yeah. made no sense. Yeah. There would have been security all over them. I know this is pre 9/11, but you could not get on a runway no. in the 80s. Either. No, De Niro was Pacino was running across the runway with a shotgun, and no one stopped him, and he, no one knew he was a Pacino, cop. Pacino just about ran through the tires of that one plane that was taxiing. Yeah, yeah, they would have called security, and they would have been police cars and stuff surrounding them. Like even at, by the time he gets there and shoots him, there's still no security. Dude, there yeah. would have been helicopters. All flights would have been grounded the second you saw oh, foot yeah, traffic no, out it. there. Oh yeah. yeah, and there would have been helicopters, cop cars, all that shit. So you it doesn't hold up. Then is that what you're saying? I'm saying <laughs> no. that scene doesn't hold up. The end to me, I don't like because I don't like that Pacino acts out of character to go after Wayne How can you not like the movie and not the ending? I, it's just that, that that to me is doesn't feel like because I actually didn't mind the don't make me feel contradicted <laughs> don't make me conflicted anyways okay well two holds up yeah Send two holds up one well, not usually but on this, this is side. this is a borderline I think this is another one that the people would enjoy watching and um Collins <laughs> yeah all right well you heard it here heat. no turn up the I'm heat. on the wrong side of history uh, great ass yeah that's a great ass all right folks we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.